and welcome to the Half a Project Podcast. My name is Becky. It's a Cedric Sky City. And um, you're looking very blue today. Oh, yeah? In a good way? Your shirt. Oh, you are meant- sky. That's true. It's the sky blue. Yeah, I thought you meant you're looking kind of blue. You down look in blue. sad and terrible today. No, no. No, you look nice. I look the same, <laughs> like in every video. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. You own one shirt. No, I own like three. I just cycle through three different shirts from the same brand. Are you going to always wear those shirts? Like if we, you know, if we keep doing videos, are you going to always… Is that going to be your thing? Are you going to be the Steve Jobs of Half Project um, Podcast? No, I think I will eventually branch out again. I just sort of, it just made it very easy for me in the past two years just to wear the same thing every day. Yeah. Because I don't really go out that much anyway. So yeah, it's just cool. I stay home most of the time. That's I just true. sort of wear this the same short. I mean, short, short, <laughs> short. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it looks though on you. I haven't told you that lately. Wow. But I thank thought you. I would tell you now. Um, this color is a green. It's a jewel green tone. And my friends say it looks great on me. It does. Are you more of a pastel color guy or a or a jewel tone kind of guy? Jewel tone? Yeah, like um, this is jewel toned. Probably more pastel. You? I guess. But no, I like the jewel tones You would too. look good in jewel tones. Yeah? Red. Is it jewel tone? Well, you don't wear red often. I never wear red. Why? I just don't. Why? You would look great in red. I just don't. Give me a reason. <laughs> you can't say I just don't. Like some horrific thing happened in your past and you're traumatized by the color red. I do have, I do have a traumatic red. experience. With, with the with color the, red? I do, but we won't go into to that on this podcast. But you like the color red. I, I mean, yeah, I do. It's just I don't like to wear it. Like you never see me in green either. Why? I just don't wear it. <laughs> that is… You can't make that go back, reason. No, go back to like any video or photo of me. You never see me wearing red or green. That's so strange. Mm. I love my red. Thing. Red looks great on me. And yeah, so does. does green. Red is a great color. I'm, I'm not biased towards any color, usually. Green is my um, birthstone color. That's right. Emerald. Mm. What is yours? I don't know. You are like topaz. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know either. I feel like it's kind of a blue. I feel like it's a color like this. Probably. That'd be fitting. Hmm. I'll look it up. I'll figure out what your color is for your birthstone. Thank you. My birthday's coming up. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. In a few days. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Turn well, on recording today. When mm-hmm. this has gone out, it will be after your birthday. That's true. But I would like to wish you a happy early birthday. Thank you. And everyone else can write in and say happy birthday as well. Thank you. Yeah. That'd be so nice. <laughs> okay. So we are going to talk about uh, a question that I posed on the Instagram. Happy Project Instagram some time ago. And it was pretty much this scenario. It's a it's a real scenario that really happened. And uh, let me let me just explain it like this. I go into a clinic. It's a it's a skincare clinic. And uh, I enter, I'm speaking Korean fluently. They ask me hello. I say hello, how are you? Uh, how did you come to this clinic? Oh yeah, you know, I was referred to you. I'm just here for such and such. Great, that's wonderful. Okay, uh, do you mind taking a seat over there? Oh, and then everything is in Korean conversation fluently. Then she pulls out the paperwork 
And this form is, it's a very basic form that you will always have at every clinic. Your name, your ID number, you know, your phone number, your address, and just a brief background of you. And uh, she pulls it out very hesitantly and goes, oh, by any chance, can you read? I know she's trying to say, can you read <laughs> Korean? Um, and in that moment, snap. And I just take the paper from her hands. I'm like, yes, I can read Korean. And then I go and sit down. Now, I posed this scenario on the Instagram account because this is not an uncommon situation uh, that I have faced, that you have faced, and I'm sure many half Koreans have faced here in Korea. Um, did I have a right to be offended by her posing of, oh, do you read Korean? Right? When prior to this, I've been speaking fluently Korean. Um, did I have a right to be offended or was I just being too sensitive? So when I asked this on Instagram, I was just expecting people to vote you have a right to be offended or you're too sensitive. And uh, instead, it garnered a lot of very interesting and varied responses. Mm -hmm. Now, there was nothing that was so extremely out of the ordinary, like, you're crazy and she thought this because. But in general, everyone was like, yeah, I would be offended too. And then we had some people who were like, I would be offended, but… Or actually, I think there is a third option, which is… And so, um, yeah, it was a very interesting… A pool of responses. And I, I kind of wanted to dissect this, this scenario. Well, this scenario is really just an example of, I think, a deeper rooted thing. Um, and then some of the responses that we got. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That it, It's incredible that so many people just responded via DM and yeah. explained themselves. Well, it shows to it, me that a lot of people have probably experienced this. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you and I, we talk about this like, like, it seems all, like daily, yeah. you know, like <laughs> just how we feel about this certain scenario. And it almost feels like sometimes are we just, you know, being too sensitive? Are mm. we just taking it out of proportion? But yeah, this shows us that we're not the only ones. Mm -hmm. There are many other people who feel the same or very similar. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very, I don't know, reassuring. I guess. Yeah, that was that was kind of reassuring. And honestly, we talk about this every day because it happens every day. Mm -hmm. Which uh, again, I think is something to note that it happens every day. <laughs> so yes. that is, you know, that is partly also why it's like the multiplication factor. The multiplication of some small thing multiplied over and over and over again becomes something very burdensome to us. So that is something to keep in mind when we are discussing this. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, do you think I have a right to be offended in this scenario? I do. I personally think you do. Okay. Um, I guess it also depends on what you personally mean by offended, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, offended and angry or just offended and just sort of taken aback. But I mean, in either case, I think you do have a right mm -hmm. to feel that way. Even if you're angry, it's like, because I… I don't know how many times you've had to go through that scenario to to reach your breaking point. And it sounds like you almost got to reach it yesterday. I that paper. Give that to me. Yeah. Right, right. Um, Which wasn't right. I shouldn't have done that. And I think she she even took a little step back. <laughs> she was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I do think you have a right to be offended. Um, because the way the whole scenario was, I mean, you guys were literally speaking in Korean just fine. And the way you speak Korean, you know, no one's going to think, oh, does she really understand me? Mm -hmm. Or you're you're just fluent. Mm -hmm. You're just having a natural conversation with her. And then for her to ask, you know, and and, the, and I guess the way that you explained it too just now, like she seemed hesitant in asking, almost like, right. should I even ask this? Or, you, you know, so right. like, 
I do think you have a right to be offended. But also looking at, I don't know, maybe playing devil's advocate, it's almost like, was she just literally just trying to be helpful just in case? I I think I even remember seeing uh, someone respond saying, well, maybe an effort to just to save time, Mm -hmm. you know, you should just get it out the way. Hey, can you, can you read this or not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh-huh. yeah. either way, I think, yeah, okay. I, I would be offended in that scenario. I think we need to break this down because um, down. we say like, oh yeah, you have a right to be offended. Yeah, I was offended. But what we really need to ask is what was it about the scenario that was offensive, potentially offensive? What was it? Was it that she was looking at me funny? Was it that she picked me out of all the other people at the clinic to offer the English reading one? Um, was it because my Korean speaking skills were poor? I think we need to figure out… like Because I just think there's so many um, nuances kind of built into this very small interaction. Which honestly, I didn't expect. It was just kind of like a gut instinct. But then got to ask ourselves, why? Why did you have that? Now, I think uh, it would be a little bit different, let's say, if I came in and I was like, Oh, annyeong. They chigum wasayo. And then she was like, do you read Korean? That would be a very different of course. situation, right? Because there is uh, an assumption she is making, I don't read Korean, based on some real observations that she has. <laughs> right. Your Korean speaking is bad. So I will assume your reading is bad, right? Mm-hmm. So that in that case, how could you blame her for making this kind of assumption? Yeah. But the issue is that she doesn't have any observational evidence to base her assumption in. Right. Beyond what her eyes are telling her. Right? Because she doesn't… I don't whip out my passport. And she sees like, oh, you don't have Korean citizenship. Therefore, I can make this additional assumption. Oh, you are not understanding anything I'm saying. Therefore, I can make this additional assumption. Unfortunately, none of those things are present. There's no observational evidence to to bolster her assumption. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore… You feel an offense because it's like, I can do everything right to be just going as a normal Korean person in this normal Korean situation. But except for your assumption, purely based on how I look. And I guess what is offensive about that is because there is constantly, especially for us half Koreans here in Korea, constantly a clashing between how you look versus who you are. Um, internally and how you want to fit into the society and how you do fit into the society. And you're reminded of that on very basic interactions on a daily base Mm -hmm. that uh, you are not Korean. No matter how much uh, your other characteristics prove that you are. Right. You take a taxi, you're going to be reminded of it every single time. Oh, we're… You know, where are you from? It's Mm -hmm. usually the the question that you get, Mm -hmm. you know, from the taxi driver. I mean, just… In every daily interaction. And sometimes it's more subtle than others, but we mm. feel it. And yeah, it gets it, it gets to a point where, yeah, we, we do get sensitive about it. Mm-hmm. But why? Because you're being poked over and over and over again on the same spot. And being reminded that yeah. you're different. Yes. Yeah. So it, it yeah, it was funny because this interaction, I think, um, now we had people coming on one side that was like, yeah, you are invalidating me as half, as Korean. Then you have people coming on the other side who is saying, oh, well, she just wants to make sure you can understand everything. Which that kind of response, uh, I think, is is missing. I understand where they're coming from. And I also think it is a very compassionate response, which mm-hmm. is probably the better, honestly, the better response than what I did. <laughs> um, 
However, I do think it is uh, overlooking our point, which is she is trying to make sure you understand everything. But there is no reason for her to assume I could not understand anything, mm-hmm. right? Because prior to this, our interactions were fluent. I was fully aware of what's going on. Um, we were discussing on a very normal basis as any other Korean person in that clinic. And so for her to say like, oh, I just want to make sure you understand already shows me that you think I don't understand, but there's no reason for you to think I don't understand, right? right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another example outside of the context of language. Um, I don't know. You go to, I don't know, you join a new basketball team, right? Okay. And this is like sort of the the pre-tryout. And you go there and you're dribbling and you're sort of warming up. And then the coach comes to you and is like, oh, you know, hey, how you doing? You guys are talking, talking about basketball. Yeah, I, you know, I like this team. I've been playing uh, for a couple of years. I love mm-hmm. to do it for fun. I'd love to join the team. You even make a couple shots, right, swish right in. Right. And then it could be equivalent to like the coach then asking you something so basic like, well, do you know the rules of the game? Mm-hmm. Or do you… Uh, I don't know. Do you know how to do a layup? Mm-hmm. And something that you should be able to assume based on the interaction, the fact that I'm just dribbling around and I'm talking to you basketball and I even look like I play ball, mm-hmm. for you to say something so elementary and basic mm. is that can be I don't want to I don't I don't know if it would be offensive in that situation, it's but it's a just little like, insulting. Yeah, it's like, yeah. dude, it's just kind of stupid for you to honestly, it's just kind of <laughs> stupid for you to ask that question. Uh-huh. Let's just be real. Uh-huh. So you know, I know that um, I guess that comparison is lacking, you know, some nuance uh, compared to the Korean language one, but it's almost like something so basic that you have no right to or no reason to to ask. Mm-hmm. It's like you ask anyway. Mm-hmm. And I and I wonder, and I, I think I know the answer, but a lot of people, Korean people are sort of maybe conditioned mm. to just think that way mm-hmm. or to, to even ask that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it could be based off of prior interactions. Maybe every single foreigner looking or non-Korean person looking uh, person that comes into the clinic in the past, in their experience, none of them could read the Korean, you know, sheets. Yeah. And maybe those foreigners were able to speak a good level of Korean to this person, but they just never were able to read the sheets. Mm -hmm. And so they always got the English version. So maybe that could have come into play. Yes. In this particular situation with this lady. Yeah. And we we will just never know that. Right. So there's two things I want to follow up on that, right? Yeah. So, because we had one person who had written in saying, you know, this happens to me. I speak pretty conversational Japanese, but the reading and writing kanji, right, is not easy for me to navigate, which I understand. I think speaking Japanese is a whole lot easier than reading and writing. And Mm -hmm. I would say the same thing with Chinese because of the nature of Chinese characters. However, I want to then pull aside Korean is a different situation, mm-hmm. right? We cannot put a flat blanket statement everywhere of saying everyone can speak it, but reading and writing is harder because I, I would actually argue that Korea is uniformly the only language where vice versa would be true. It's easier to read and write in Korean and not even know what you're reading and writing. Yes. So yeah. uh, reading and writing in Korean is is so easy. Actually, Kim, King Sejong, I looked it up. I was looking mm-hmm. up like, how easy is Korean reading and writing comparatively to other languages? And King Sejong had even said, a wise man could learn Hangul in a morning and an idiot will take a week. <laughs> but he's still saying yeah. like, you can still master the reading and writing of a whole language, even if you're a complete fool in a very right. short amount of time, which is not true of many other languages, especially One's using hanja, like Chinese characters or kanji, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another additional thing of like, 
Well, reading and writing is actually not difficult at all. So in that case, if I'm obviously understanding your saying, obviously we can communicate and my speaking is up to par. I think the natural assumption is that your reading and writing, at least in Korean, should be decent. Right. Now, if you take me in that scenario and I come in and, you know, I'm able to at least have a decent level of conversational Korean coming in to the clinic and saying, yeah, I have an appointment, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, she asked me if I could read or write Mm -hmm. Korean or if I need the English form. I would be, I guess, offended, but I would also be like, yeah, it'd probably be easier for me. You know what I mean? Right. You're right. Someone who, you're right. Because someone had brought this up saying, well, it's a clinic. That's, That's the different situation. It's not like, here's a survey on your favorite foods. That would be a whole lot easier mm-hmm. to navigate in Korean because we're using Korean food names all the time. Kimbap yeah. and whatever, right? And so it's easier to navigate something like that as opposed to a medical clinic form. So that's the other hand where I'm like, you're right. That is also true. Mm-hmm. And they just want to make sure you understand it. Right. But I guess I guess the thing that causes offense is just because uh, you're knowing her assumption is based on her inability to connect what she's seeing visually ah, non-Korean with what she's hearing and interacting with. Ah, full Korean. And one thing, one out, as opposed to the other thing. Mm -hmm. And I guess what's uh, why that would feel offensive is because half Koreans are constantly, and not just half Koreans, many people who are of mixed race and ethnicity are constantly being judged purely on how they look. And it can feel frustrating to know that all of these characteristics and things that you carry that make up who you are are distilled down to uh, just your outside appearance. And so it was just like one times too many where you are being judged by your appearance. Right. Which can be wearisome. Because again, it is like every interaction is a further reminder. And I think what separates, let's say, you from, let's say, somebody who's just African-American living here in Korea, Mm -hmm. okay? And recognizes every time a Korean person looks at me, oh, they say I'm not Korean. I don't fit in here. But that's a little bit different than your case because the external and internal is matching in this case. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not Korean and I know that. And internally… I'm not Korean. So they can make this statement and judgment about me, which then lines up with my internal sense of identity. However, right. in, in your case, it is different because they're making an assumption based on your external features that is not lining up with your internal sense of identity. Mm-hmm. And that can be very, uh, there's a lot of dissonance happening there and it can be very frustrating. Right. I mean, I think back to when I visited Japan for a few days, mm-hmm. right? I know that I'm not Japanese. I didn't grow up around Japanese culture. I know um, outside of high-level things, I know very little about the culture. But I took a three-day trip by myself um, just a couple of years ago, and it was great. I literally didn't, like, I knew I was different, mm. but it didn't bother me mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew that I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't speak Japanese, you know, outside of hello and thank you. And it was fine. Yes. Like, it didn't bother me. Like, I was even, like, excited to just, like, you know, say arigato and, mm-hmm. and you know, just practice the, the survival Japanese mm-hmm. versus when I'm here in Korea because I know that this country and this culture is a part of who I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I'm, you know, a little bit bothered or a little sensitive about mm-hmm. that or even more aware because yes. there is that dissonance with who I know I am and who my mom is versus how I am perceived mm. and how I am received in this society and culture. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a perfect example because 
you know, I'm just an expat in Japan, just chilling for a couple yeah. of days. I'm not offended if people don't think I'm Japanese because I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Right. Mm-hmm. But I am Korean, but I'm not received or perceived as exactly and additionally it makes you feel a little bit powerless right because you say you're in the taxi and then the taxi driver looks at you in their rear view mirror and you're like oh there we go (laughs) there we go they made the uh the connection (laughs) and now they're gonna make an assumption and in that moment you you really have to decide Mm -hmm. and it takes a little bit of energy mental and emotional energy to be like am i willing to have this conversation right now can i can i have this conversation should i be upset should i just shut them down Mm -hmm. or should i once again, be the person stepping forward and being the bigger person in this conversation. And I don't mean bigger person as in we're fighting, but being like, all right, am I going to be the educator again? And it can feel a little bit tiresome Mm -hmm. when it's a burden that is placed on you and yet you are the one who is required to pick it up and deal with it. When it is not your burden to bear that someone else or a whole other society cannot understand or accept you. Um, as being mixed Korean. Mm-hmm. So that it is a very frustrating thing. And the reason why we can use a big word such as frustrating is because it is it is minor, minor incidents that happen uh, on the very, very regular basis that we feel all the time. So some of these, uh, these uh, uh, responses, people were saying like, well, you should understand where she's coming from. And the thing is, we do understand yeah. where she's coming 100%. from. 100%. Completely. Mm-hmm. And… Uh, Does that, however, eliminate the truth of how her reaction was to me? Does it eliminate the fact that it was still offensive? Does it eliminate the fact that her assumptions made me feel bad? No. But we still do understand, of course, where she's coming from. And the problem is, how do you you deal with that scenario in that moment? Mm -hmm. The burden is on me. Mm -hmm. Do I need to say like, yes, look at me. I'm speaking to you in Korean right now. Is there any reason I could not read Korean? Mm -hmm. Please give me the Korean form. Why would you, again, it just separates you from the normal everyone else and you just want to be fitting in. Would she look at a Korean, let's say a Korean girl who's 17, comes in, speaks Korean fluently, has the exact same conversation we had. Right. Let's say word for word, the exact same conversation we had. And then she hands her the form to film out. Would she pause and be like, do you read Korean? Of course not. She doesn't have to make that assumption because the girl also looks fully Korean. Right. So again, we see it is broken down to our appearance. And there's a dissonance, a disconnect between how we look and who we are. Right. And I'm just wondering as well as, you know, I'm hopeful that things will change um, in regards to these type of assumptions Mm -hmm. over time here in Korea. But I'm just wondering for like the half Koreans that have been born here and are growing up here. Like there's no intention for them or their families to go anywhere else. They just live in Korea. Like those that are babies now or maybe, you know, elementary school age, are they going to have to deal with the same thing? Like this is their country. They're Korean citizens. They're 100%. They're in the Korean school system and ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And are they going to have to deal with the same things because of of their parents? Mm -hmm. So uh, that is something that I do wonder. And my guess is, yeah, for the time being, Obviously, they're probably going to have to go through that. Yes. And directly responding to what you said, one, uh, I'm assuming it's the mother, had sent me in a message saying, this happens to my daughter who is half Korean, grew up speaking Korean, attends a Korean primary school. It is undermining her sense of identity. As a fluent Korean speaker, she can ask if she has difficulty understanding a written document. And that's absolutely true. You you can… Of course, mm-hmm. it is a little bit different scenario. Let's say I'm full Korean. I look full Korean. I'm speaking fluent Korean. And I say to this person, oh, I don't really understand what this means on the document. Can you explain to me? Then in that case, it is a medical 
a medical expert explaining to you a non-medical expert. Oh, this is what it means. All right, there you go. Move on. But say it was me, half Korean, looking the way I do, speaking fluent Korean. And goes to her like, oh, I don't quite understand what it says on the sheet. Her assumption would be, oh, because you don't read Korean. Right. It would not be, oh, it's a medical situation that you didn't quite understand. And that's kind of why it's a little bit frustrating. And she makes a great point. It is undermining her sense of identity. Because Mm -hmm. it's happening Mm -hmm. on the daily by everyone. Right. She's going to grow up, even though all things are equal with her peers, Mm -hmm. she's going to grow up with a different sense of identity. I mean, by default, just by being half in a country like, you know, say like Korea, Mm -hmm. but she's going to just look at life differently and be treated differently, not necessarily badly, but Mm -hmm. just treated differently Mm -hmm. uh, just by the nature of who she is, all things being equal with her peers. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, naturally that's going to affect her sense of identity and she's going to look at herself a certain way compared to others around her. Yes. For our listeners who are living outside of Korea or who have never lived in Korea, uh, of course, the way these interactions happen and the way you can respond is, I mean, it is it is quite dependent on your surrounding situations, right? So like we will have somebody who write in saying, well, you can you might grow up speaking Korean and listening to Korean, but you never had to read or write mm, in it. So right. of course, it's a natural assumption that someone would think that you don't read or write Korean. But if you're growing up in Korea, you're living in Korea. Mm-hmm. You are actively living here and it's obvious and you have a job and you are inside this country going to a clinic without a translator, just as a normal Korean. This is where the the issue mm. is happening. Because mm-hmm. I can understand somebody who is, let's say, grew up in the UK, has Korean parents, decides to come to Korea to get some medical treatments. Of course, in that case, I totally understand. If you would be like, oh, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't read Korean. I just grew up listening conversational Korean in my home. Yeah, there's a difference. But living here in Korea, right? And being actively present here and having a job or growing up in Korea. This is where there's going to be some issues, I think if these kind of assumptions continue to carry on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it really does uh, invalidate someone's sense of identity if you're growing up here in Korea and living here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I I want to just, again, just circle back just really briefly to the point of, well, you have to understand where the other person or the quote-unquote offending party is coming from. Mm. And again, to that Especially back in, I mean, everyone may not, because we think about this and we talk to each other, like we've been doing this for years at this point, like almost daily. So mm-hmm. we've been able to process through this. We do understand, uh, for the most part, where the other person is coming from. Mm-hmm. We do understand contextually and even historically. Mm-hmm. So we we do have a sense of empathy again. I keep mm-hmm. using that word because we do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're sort of… It, it might sound like we're venting our frustrations and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which we kind of are. But we also understand that, well, this is why it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. This is why, you know, half Koreans have certain experiences in Korea. Like we we sort of have a better understanding of that. Right. But the truth is when it comes to us and figuring out uh, and exploring our sense of identity, it still makes us feel a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, Um and we can go deep into the rabbit hole with that, but I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So we do try to see both sides, mm-hmm. but we're, I guess, in the context of this conversation, we're just sort of trying to explain this mm. is how we feel. And maybe, <laughs> maybe this will help, I don't know, start more conversations within the right communities and, you know, people will start to see, hey, maybe we should start to look at you know, certain people differently mm-hmm. or foreigners differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, like, 
you're here on the Happy Project. This is what we talk about. Yeah. And also you and I, this is our regular daily life existence. So of course, naturally, we're going to talk about this all the time, as opposed to the woman working in the clinic who saw half Korean for the first time in her life, who could speak Korean mm-hmm. fluently. Her reaction, of course, will be quite different than my reaction or your reaction, because this is our daily, daily discussion and daily, daily experiences. And for her, maybe it was a one time ever. Oh, so also that's another thing. We, of course, keep that in mind. So um, I think that is just, it's important for us to make sure people know that we're not coming at this on a one-sided angle. Like, this is what happened to me and I'm angry about Mm. it. But just generally being like, let's break down this scenario. What happened and what this means. Uh, It is a little bit difficult to say, okay, what can we do moving forward? The most we can do, of course, is to explain and to discuss and to gather data and stories and experiences and hopefully that will then lead to maybe a shift, like you said, in, in the in the correct communities or societies that are dealing with these situations. Um, but it, yeah, it is really hard to say like, okay, this next thing, that means every time you have this kind of situation, you shouldn't get angry and you should say this. It is putting an awful lot of burden on the individual. So will there be societal change? Uh, that is a whole different topic. But just knowing that this is one circumstance, let's say one, um, what's the word? Like not reaction. Result, consequence, mm-hmm. right? One of those things that are from the main thing. What? Uh, How do you call that? What do you say that is? What I'm do you not say sure that what is? you're referring to. It's like you have like one. Here's the issue. Yeah. And then this is just like like an offshoot. Yeah, like 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 kind of tinging off of it. Uh huh. Like it's not the main thing. It's it's a it's a reflection of what the main issue is. It's a I don't know symptom. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Symptom of the problem? Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah, what this yeah. this is what we're having this conversation. So, of course, resolving this situation and deciding offensive or too sensitive is not going to resolve the real issue at all. But at least it can shed a little bit of light on what the real issue is. Mm-hmm. Whew, <sighs> I'm sweating. That was actually really hard to get out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You did a good job. Okay. Um, it's also really hot in here. It is super hot. I, I just want to thank everybody for writing in. Um, and you can clearly see in some responses of people who react out of their offense. And we also understand that. And some people who are reacting out of um, not living in Korea. And so having a different context and different perspective on the situation. Um, and then, of course, we have those who just understand completely and, and have been in our shoes as well. And we really appreciate all points of views because mm-hmm. it does help us to understand ourselves and our own reactions a lot better too as well to be able to see it from a bunch of different perspectives. So thanks everybody for writing in. I I really enjoy uh, posting these things on the Instagram and seeing the reactions and having the discussions that come from this. It's really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there anything else that you wanted to add about this, Cooks? No, I I think the only thing that I was just thinking is I wonder how we are going to feel about this same sort of scenario Mm. in… A year, Mm -hmm. in five years, even in 10 years. Like how will our perception of our identity be shaped and formed or how will we grow? And will we react differently or look at these situations differently or will it be the same? (laughs) Will it get worse? (laughs) I'm just very curious. That that Uh thought just came in my head because we're all on a journey of uh, self-exploration. We're always learning and, and learning more about ourselves. And, you know, we're we don't claim that we're right or, you know, the other party's wrong. We're just, this is how we feel in this moment but based off of our experiences and what we know. So I'm just curious to to see how we'll be in a couple of years, how mm-hmm. we'll see this situation and how we will see ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I wondered too. 
And mm-hmm. I'm a little bit scared because we had a friend who talked about AI translators. And you just put the little AI bug <laughs> in your ear and then it just translates the language right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then maybe we won't even have this issue because you guys will be just communicating to each other without any language barriers. In the metaverse. Anyway, if you want to talk about the your fears of the future, you can email us <laughs> at thehappyproject.gmail.com. We're going to get some crazy emails. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts and to the YouTube channel as well. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. We are The Happy Project. Thank you.